Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Busy Playing Something, episode 30. Can you believe it, boys? Yeah. Can you believe it? I can't. The episodes are now older than us. That's exactly <laughs> it. The episodes are now older than us. I like that. That was muted. <laughs> Excellent. Gr- <laughs> Good start. Gr- great start to the show. Uh, I am your host for today, Vinny, Vinny Chenz Condello, joined by my two very special guests, two consecutive panel members. We have Sean Holly DePron, Karen. Yes, hello. That guy. And we <laughs> have guy. Joshua, Joshua LaRosa, LaRosa. You know, we're available on Twitch, obviously streaming live right now. Pod, do I it? Thursday, 7.30. Sunday's 8.30. Right Tuesday's again at 7.30. But yeah, that's that's us. That's what we're doing. But what are we, how are you guys? I feel like I haven't spoken to you in two minutes. What we're not going to acknowledge your hair we're just going to pretend like that's not a thing and we're not going to have a discussion no mention no hey look i'm sorry i look like i i'm hard on my luck and uh yeah i'm down on my luck he's getting he's getting the early 2000s boy bands that's it i've uh like if honestly if i threw my snap back on right now it looks ridiculous actually i'll do it right now do it right now do it right now We'll, we'll keep talking sean how are you oh yeah i'm doing okay it's uh it's it's winding down. What do you guys yeah. think? Please don't. <laughs> you look like a Nickelodeon cartoon gone wrong. Oh, like um, oh god, yeah, much like oh, what's it called like Timmy Turner kind of thing. Mm. It's all grown mm. up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Except you don't know how to tuck your hair in your hat, so it's all just out front. It's yeah, this, like, is, this is the dude. Point. This is the nineties. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, how are we? I don't know what we were talking about. Yeah. I'm more distracted by the uh, vacuum. No, that's all right. That's all right. No, well, actually, okay, so. It's been pretty decent for me uh, for the last week or so. It's been pretty chill, uh, except I've had a couple of uh, streaming issues, which wasn't always good. But today I managed to get Watch Dogs Legion in the mail. And after about an hour and a half, I tried to figure out exactly how it installs because uh, neither of like my Xboxes weren't recognizing it. I tried it on an OG, nothing. Tried it on Xbox One S. It looked at it. You tried it on an OG Xbox. No, I'm joking. OG Xbox One. Like the, the, the big one. I'm talking yeah. about the, uh, the original oh, Xbox. Look, I tried it in that. I got to the menu. It's like, please connect yeah. to the internet. I'm like, oh, we can't do this. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's literally it for me. How is it? Uh, I haven't actually touched it yet. I've installed it. I've made sure I've installed it. I've got it uh, working. Uh, chances are this weekend I've got a little bit of time, so I'll probably be streaming my playthrough. Um uh, over either over on my channel i might do a little bit over on this channel if we get it working <laughs> so uh we'll see how we go i think you're like uh one no you're the only person i know who brought it today yeah i'm i'm the only one i don't know a single person who has bought watchdogs legion if anybody's watching if you bought watchdogs legion today please tell us we need to add to the total of one person, one person. yeah and <laughs> prove uh my prediction wrong because that Ubisoft. It won't going, sell. Yeah. Well, if, you, well. if you're having trouble installing it, like Sean's going, then it's the game is obviously not doing well from the very get-go. <laughs> no. I've heard the games are launched in a pretty rough state, like buggy-wise, buggy like typical uh, Ubisoft open-world stuff. But this yeah. game was delayed 
like pretty extensively. You would think they would, you know, delays don't necessarily make a better game. No, not always. I mean, yeah, we can talk about delays in just a little bit, but what have uh, what have you been up to, Josh? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? How's your how's cleaning up your dog's vomit? Yeah, uh, dog threw up three times today, twice on the tiles, which was really exciting, and then did a little sneaky one on the uh, very expensive rug in my partner's Ooh. in our living room, which Ooh. even worse, I didn't know she did. So it uh-huh. sat there all day, and then I went to sit on the couch and. Yeah, now she's been a little sook. She's been sleeping. She's been on my lap all day. She hasn't eaten. It's a whole thing. So she's back on the uh, chicken breast. I spent way too long redoing this thing because I had the consoles originally on the top shelf. I know. I and remember. then OCD kicked in. I'm like, I can't deal with the cables. So Sean gave me advice of uh, dropping the consoles down a level. So now I've got the, you guys can't see it, but PS1, 2, 3, and 4. I've got the family all lined up, ready to go. Well, and, you know, in five, ten years, there's no room for a PS5 here, so that, that ain't happening. But, yeah, I'm, I'm slowly getting some sort of a pro PC gamer streamer backdrop. Considering actually, what we started with, Vinny, remember? Yeah, I actually really like your backdrop. It makes me feel like I need to do something more than just my blue lights, but it's all right. Dude, all I've that's got funny. is, like, literally a bookcase of games. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's enough for you. You've got such a, you got a, such a good backdrop. But, but yeah, yeah. I haven't been playing. I got more LEDs, more mm. LEDs for me. Yeah, that's 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 my trick. Noam is like, no more. I'm like, yes, more. What have I been playing? I finished Crash Ball. I think we've spoken about that in the past. I've hit play on Blood of Hades, Vinny, which is that Netflix animated Greek mythology oh, show that I sent you. It's out. Uh, it came out yesterday. Two episodes in. It's pretty good. It's good. Like it's more it's faster paced than say like what castlevania was which i appreciate because that show started very slow yeah it did i'm liking it so far it's got some weird like it reminds me of an early 2000s animated show where it's got like these orchestral scores in it that just like modern shows don't do much anymore so that's been really good and i've started devil may cry 4 but i'm only about an hour in and i downloaded today Two things I downloaded today. The Zelda Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo, which came out today. Obviously, Nintendo had that mini showcase thing. So I downloaded that. I'm like, maybe this will be better than the first one. More of the same. <laughs> and the PlayStation app got updated on the phone today, which is really exciting. So that's me. That's Actually, the PlayStation app update. I love that. Speaking <laughs> of Netflix, I think Netflix has done really well in terms of their video game related TV shows because we've had we've had like Witcher, we've had Castlevania, and now we've got like Hades, which it it isn't, but like that's more just Greek know, mythology in itself. Yeah, but... Greek mythology and all that sort of stuff. But we got Assassin's Creed coming. Yeah, uh, hopefully Power uh, Rangers one day. Yeah, Power Rangers. Yeah, like there's a whole bunch. Well, headlined by Millie Bobby Brown, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, Netflix is starting to go into that territory. Although I'm a little bit worried because most of the time when they have a really good show, they do a firefly and they cancel it after one or two seasons. Yeah, so that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of rough with that. I just want to say, oh, yeah, it's I'm hoping for a parent like Josh and I spoke about it all the time. Having a nice, good animated parent season, <laughs> season would be perfect. Back game trailers will deciding how we wanted the movie to turn out to be. Like, do we want them as teenagers? Do we want them as adults? Yeah. But, it's fine. Enough about that. Just want to say, Vinny, what about you? Yeah, I'm just gonna say hi to everyone in the chat first off. Um, mediocre six saying typically Ubisoft half baked games, overcooked budgets. 
Or, you, you triggered me with the word overcooked. Let me just tell you that right now. Uh, with Sunday. You and sure they, you don't mean it's got a golf with friends budget or something? Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. And They were both teams 17 games as well. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, both the, of them. The more you know. Creators of worms. You got it, guys. If you haven't, go check out Vinny's editing on the overcooked uh, golf, golf with Thrones slash overcooked with friends video because <laughs> Sean's cat has to be the funniest thing of 2020. <laughs> I mean, with and if dro- you have seen it, that sound isn't a soundboard noise. That is That's actually sound the sound of soundbite. Yeah. Whatever. That is actually the sound of Sean's cat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. But Legit yeah. cat. Uh, what have I been doing besides being a um besides being a caveman according to Sold Steph? Uh, look, it's I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. That's this is why I want to show you guys. This is what I've been hiding under the hat all these streams, and this mm. is why I wear a hat. So mm. it's going to be completely different coming in. But um, what else? Going to get say? a sweet fade like Josh. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for my fade. Oh yeah, <laughs> look at that. Love it. Rocking the car. I think I remember the last time you got a haircut, Vinny, because it was on one of our episodes. You made exactly. it such a big deal about yeah, it. Yeah, because it's good. Like how good? Yeah. Nothing like getting a fresh fade. Love a fresh it was so hair. weird because I haven't had a cut for so long. I was walking out of the hairdressers and I felt the wind kind the of brush cool breeze. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but also, uh, Vinny, COVID. Yeah. So you got tested? I actually had a COVID test this morning because I was feeling a little bit so-so. And I got my results back like 10 minutes ago and I'm negative. So that's a quick turnaround. And also... That, yeah, like, very quick turnaround. Love love that quick turnaround. They're doing such a good job. Very nice. Yeah. But... Enough about all the bad shits going on. What have I been... Uh, you know, this is also bad. I played... <laughs> I was playing Mega Man 11 all week. And Why? I I love Mega Man. I think I've said this for a while. I'm a big Mega Man fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. Mega Man 2 was one of the hardest games I've ever played. I couldn't even beat it. And Mega Man 11 is more of the same because I cannot beat that game. I played through all the original eight boss levels. Yep. I got up to yep. Wily's Castle. I just, I just can't do it. It's very hard. <laughs> like, I would love to stream it, but because I have it on Switch, I can't. At least until you I can. get, a, until I get a capture card. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You can but, hold the the, uh, the Switch up like, to the webcam. Just like doing one of these, but like as you can no, you see, get the, get I the am camera struggling. Coming, coming above you onto the table. You just hold it on the table. And yeah. It's just reflective. <laughs> it's <laughs> just seeing the, the camera. Um, <laughs> Every time it's a black screen, you see under your chin. Oh, so, yeah. That that nice that nice chin hair, which is also going on Sunday as I am doing a live. We're all live streaming on Sunday, and I'm shaving live, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so we're doing uh, Movember. Uh, both Vinny and I, Josh, unfortunately, will not be able to grow a mustache due to work. And he just but can't. Vinny, oh, that's one reason. And yeah, and he I can't. can't. I, I, yeah. I can't either. This this is a week though, but yeah. I, I'm going to give it my best. Uh, so Vinny, we've got uh, we've got a, a Movember page that people can uh, donate to, don't we? Yeah. So it's oh, God. I don't don't give me the link. I'll put the link somewhere on it. We'll put it on our socials. We'll put it on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's Movember forward slash busy playing something, I think. Mm. Don't don't hold me to that. I was put on the spot with that one. Yeah. Just produce things. I like to be well prepared. But well, that brings a good question, Vinny. I was gonna ask you. We've changed schedules so many times. Can you elaborate exactly or one of even if it's Sean, <laughs> elaborate what our schedule is now? Because we've got a plethora, we're dipping toes all over the place. What what's our schedule? So Thursday nights, seven thirty to nine thirty, Australian Daily savings time to stand times, depending which time. ADST, yeah. Yeah, that's the, the one. real times, yeah. We're doing our podcast, which is news, conversation, 
all that stuff. On Sundays at 8.30 till, I'd say, I want to say 9.30 or 10 o'clock, we are streaming. We're done. <laughs> till whatever, we are streaming co-op games, generally having a bit of fun, a little more chat interaction, a bit of banter, like all that good stuff. On Tuesdays, we're streaming something. So it's either one of us three are streaming on Tuesday nights, just do a solo experience, kind of get that initial Twitch integration, talking about why we really, you know, trying to do the, the, the norm, the norm of Twitch, which is not having a podcast, just actually playing games, interacting with the chat and playing solo. So yeah, playing games that we in. Exactly. Hopefully. And just like, they, they could be, <laughs> they could be niches. They could be horrible games. They could be fantastically awful games like Sonic Heroes, but a it's... game that you loved that as a child and, and you really enjoyed it. And then you played it 15, 20 years later and you're like, actually, no, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. In the trash, it goes. <laughs> Speaking of trash games. Thank you for the excellent segue, Sean, because I want to transition into, and I'll bring up our nice little transition screen as we go into our first subject, which is not, never mind. scratch that one. We're going into trash games, trash consoles, the kind of demise of a console. We're going into busy playing something. That's our first topic. We're we're switching it up. Yeah, we're, we're, we're flipping, flipping, we're flipping again. <laughs> flipping it again. We're topsy turvying that motherfucker. And we'll start. It's been topsy turvied so much. <laughs> no one knows which way it started off with to begin with. So, Vinny, what is this uh, busy playing something segment? Oh, so, busy playing something is the namesake of our show. It's where Josh, Sean, or I bring either a game, movie, video, or podcast to the virtual table. The other the other panel members have X amount of time to review it. And then we discuss it on the next, one of the next podcast episodes could be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks from now. So <laughs> I'll let you take the reins of this one, Josh, as it was your busy playing something. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to a, a quick thank you to everyone that is watching live. Uh, we do really value the feedback and busy playing something as Vinny said is the namesake of the show, right? So we want to make this more of a, a bigger deal, Sean, is that the right word? bigger deal yeah. we want to yeah, make this we want to make more this a priority segment yeah yeah so we're moving it to the front of the show so just fyi just in case there's that one person going oh hold on this is usually at the back of the show but tell uh me should, should, tell me shit yeah, games yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but yeah busy playing something so a few weeks back uh, uh cbs released a documentary called console wars which is based on the blake harris book which i've got in front of me this is one of the only books i've ever read that I wasn't forced to read, you know, university in school, you had to read. Yeah. Unless you went on spark notes and then fake it. But uh, yeah, the book kind of covers uh, the console wars from kind of the, the mid eighties. So NES is 85. So yeah, the, you know, the war between Sega and Nintendo uh, kind of tells it from more of a, a pro Sega uh, approach to begin with. And then it kind of transitions back into the Nintendo side and then Sony kind of enters, enters the ring. So yeah, a documentary was released maybe a month ago. And it was one I was looking, had my eyes on because I had read the book and I, I love that stuff. So I watched it, really enjoyed it and said, yeah, this is perfect for, for Vinny and Sean to consume. So yeah, now it's part of the topic and here we are. What feels like six months later talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> it's always a bit weird. It's like, it goes through like four, I think four week periods. Generally we say, cause we have mine, yours, then Sean's, and then we go back, cycle back. So I think it's over the extent of four weeks now, which is pretty interesting, which gives us more time to consume the media, which is good and get more, more of an opinion. But I think yeah. I'll give my thoughts later, but let's go to you, Sean. What do you, did you, first off, you watch this at 2 a.m. this morning. What did you think about it? Sega. 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 
Yeah, so, yeah. say it right. Thank God. Let's <laughs> how they say it. But um, no, I, I thought it was actually really informative. It it did come across initially as very pro uh, Sega. I still call it whatever. Um, but it, it's definitely one that people should have a look at because it goes into why Sonic was created. Now, obviously, we've we've seen kind of mascots come and go for console generations and all that sort of stuff. And Mario, when he did come along, was a big deal because it was getting people to join playing, you know, video games, which was still a new concept. People weren't really sold on the fact that they could actually make money from it because capitalism. So <laughs> Mario came along and kind of drew that crowd and Nintendo was the big one. Like we, we talk about how PlayStation gets all the hits nowadays, but Nintendo, when they, when they were first around, like that was it, it was basically, it was Nintendo or nothing. So when uh, Sega came along and said, like, okay, well, we want to, you know, adventure into this area. They got the right people into the right positions. They tried a new marketing strategy, everything anti-Nintendo because Nintendo had the whole family-friendly facade. Everything was all nice. And then Sega's all changing it up. But like seeing exactly how they made those decisions was really interesting. And especially with Sonic coming up, like I'm I'm a big fan of Eggy. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing him at some stage, <laughs> but um yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate because I'm one of those uh, one of those people that owns a Sega Saturn, which has failed miserably. I think it was less than ten million units sold worldwide. So I've got one of those. Uh, right. And knowing and and I knew that nobody would have it. It's one of those consoles that kind of came and went, and nobody cared. Similar to like mm. the Dreamcast, but to see exactly how that crash was coming, yeah, it was really informative. So I I, I did really enjoy it. And I didn't necessarily watch it at 2 a.m. last night. I think it was 6.30 this afternoon. <laughs> no, no, no it, was, it was a little bit early. I think it was about 1 o'clock. I was in bed by 3. No, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this documentary, I love documentaries just as a thing. And once again, video games, something that we're all pretty passionate about. Mm. I assume you guys in the chat are passionate about it because that's why you're here, because we are playing something. Uh, so first off, it's funny because this is the, not the first documentary that I've seen Tom Kalinske in. He was in, mm. uh, it's a Netflix series called The Toys That Made Us. And he was Barbie. one of the front runners for re-establishing the marketing boom of Barbie. So it was pretty interesting to see that he got poached from Mattel to do Sega of America. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting because he did help the launch of the Genesis and pretty much up until the point where at least the way it's portrayed, because it is from his perspective. You know, Sega's on the rise when uh, Sega of Japan are agreeing with him, and then it goes on the decline when they stop agreeing with him. Yeah. He talks yeah. about, yeah, like he talks about silicon graphics and how he brought that forward to Sega of Japan and they denied it. And then silicon graphics actually went into to develop the N64. So, yeah, yeah. it was. And then PlayStation as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll let you guys go and then I'll, I've got... <laughs> and then it goes into the fact about... Um, sorry. So Sega were trying to low-key partner with Sony and then that got disbanded and then Sony ended up coming out with the PlayStation and 100 million units plus being one of the most successful consoles of all, all time. But the... the um, God, I'm losing my words. The documentary itself... So many stats, I, Vinny. So many stats. Yeah. Uh, the documentary itself, I really enjoyed. I do like the tale of the underdog. You know, it's always cool to be second and then climb to first and then kind of lose it from there. The thing that I enjoyed seeing was I've seen it before in other documentaries. And I think 
uh, high score and video game documentary, documentary about video games. That's also on Netflix, both of those. Mm. They talk about how Nintendo was kind of like the mafia in video yeah. games. They owned a, like the mafia that owns the local town. So example, they'll pay for protection. You pay them for protection, but they're the ones destroying the places in the first place. Yeah. So they're, they're threatened maybe they threaten major publishers if they develop for any other system to drop their games on Nintendo or they they kind of threatened any Walmart, Target, all those big yeah. things. If they stocked any other console, they would also drop them. So Love they it. it's yeah, so they essentially had 95% of the market share with just by kind of being a bit crook. But yeah. it was it was really interesting going to that. The things I I really liked the animated transitions of this. I thought the eight bit transitions, but especially when they did little individual things. I mean, if they're talking about Pac Man, they reference Pac Man. If they're talking about Street Fighter, they reference Street Fighter. Mm. And um, I'll tell you the the one thing I didn't like was towards the end they started talking more about Sony and how I think they could have referenced the thirty two X or the Sega Saturn more because. Mm. The fall, for those people who don't know, the fall of Sega really happened with the fail of the 32X and then the fail of the Saturn and then the fail yeah. of the Dreamcast. It's like, you know, you have a failed console. If you bounce back, it's good. If you fail again, you keep failing. So this example would be 64 was kind of like, eh, GameCube was bad. Wii. Wii U, Switch. So, yeah, hey, hey, no, Wii U Switch. <laughs> yeah. It's all up, uphill from Wii U. It's all yeah. uphill from the Wii. Exactly. I love it, uh, but yeah, those are my thoughts. I like the idea that Sega America went into the more competitive marketing, which was them having kind of like being the Edgy. cool, yeah, kind of being the cool teenager targeting a teenagers, being like, it's cool to play Sega. Sega. So 90s, yeah. those ads. <laughs> oh, but I love the fact that they were slandering <laughs> The other companies where it's something you don't see anymore it's yeah it's everyone's all nice yeah everyone's playing nice i want to see some like cheeky cheeky steps i but, think yeah. the, the one last point that i wanted to bring up was i didn't realize that mortal kombat was such a huge like change oh, yeah. to it all like i like i knew that mortal kombat was big and all that sort of stuff but obviously this was all before our time so like actually seeing that and being like oh okay well we can see why mortal kombat was kind of that tipping point with nintendo and and sega and all that sort of stuff like that was that was one of those like big moments so that was really interesting <clears throat> mortal kombat and um night trap were what form why esrb exists the whole rating system so the government put pressure on them to either self-regulate and put kind of age brackets on these things or they would step in so yeah Vinny, like yeah this is it's all super really really cool stuff like i, I love it too and when i the book does the same thing where it kind of follows tom kalinsky from when he gets picked up from sega and then follows that story and ends very similar where it kind of transitions transitions the playstation very last minute but yeah the whole whole story is just crazy to think about because compared to the music industry or the movie industry video games are still quite young and nintendo did something that will never happen again and it was like unheard of we think nintendo we think oh everything's all right like sean mentioned games coming out like that was all fun it, was, it wasn't like that before because we saw what happened with Atari, the crash in 83, and the industry died, right? And then Nintendo in 85 released the NES. And at that time, no one thought that this thing would take off because video games were seemingly dead. 
Yeah. Nintendo mandated a lot of things. They quality controlled a lot of things. They micromanaged a lot of things. And then they grew in popularity. Master System came out, did nothing. And like Vinny said, Nintendo put a stranglehold on um, the stores, distribution, everything. Even got to the point they were talking marketing-wise. It was a big... uh, big sonic balloon or something one of the nintendo guys went to unplug it so it deflated like there's all this backhanded kind of stuff then there's sega come in uh with tom clint's again really market the genesis really well they introduced sonic as a competitor to to mario and the big thing with him was he moved quick where mario was moving slow yeah uh they referenced obviously that really famous ad uh sega uh, sega does with nintendo and that was always a big thing that always kind of plays up with the whole sony connection so Sega, I love this stuff. I could talk about it all day, but Sega was partnering with Sony to create the discs for the Sega CD. And the idea behind it was Sony was going to have publishing rights for any of the games distributed on disc. That partnership would have worked well because Sega knew Sony didn't know how to make games. So they weren't worried in that sense. The reason that fell through is because Sega in Japan, Sega America would just wouldn't have it. Sega Japan said, no, we're not doing that. And then they went to their own direction. Then Sony partnered with Nintendo. The sound chip from the Super Nintendo was created by place uh, for, by Sony, so there was that connection, and they went to work on the PlayStation or PlayStation for the Super Nintendo. And then we all know how that all fell apart. How you know Sony the day before announced the partnership at CES, the next day Nintendo announced their partnerships with, with Philips, and it all fell apart. And then we saw the creation of the PlayStation. It's all super fascinating stuff that you know, this documentary brings to light because unless you you live through it or you do a lot of research or you're reading a lot of books or you're doing a lot of that stuff, there's a lot of little nuances that you miss. So that's why I picked it. I thought it was just perfect for you guys. Yeah, really, really fit the theme. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I just flat out thought it was really good. I think the video game documentaries are very underrated and because it's such a young industry, and it's all in the digital age. It's really good. You can capture so much of it. So they're actually really, they, they, they sometimes they may be long and convoluted, but they are so, so good. And I would recommend anyone, this this is somehow available on YouTube. It's a 90 minute uh, documentary called Console Wars. Uh, Console Wars, if you just YouTube it, you can find it. Um, and High Score is also available on Netflix. And yeah. then video, video game, game the documentary. Video game documentary about video games is also on Netflix. And they're just, yeah three really good like one of the series two really good documentaries made by yeah. i guess it's either made by the people who were involved or made by fans which you can tell that there's passion in it which i really like and i really appreciate I think seth rogan is part of this he's part of maybe one of the arms that are creating it seth rogan's involved i saw his name credited oh really um, he's doing a lot of stuff might have been an executive producer or something maybe yeah like he's doing the new ninja turtles as in producing it like he's doing this whole thing seth rogan at the moment so there you go. Yeah, but yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That was really exciting to talk about. I love it. Yeah, I uh, I love I love this kind of stuff. You found hatred for uh, Sega of Japan. Yeah, yeah. Just who would have thought? That's I mean... uh, yeah. I, that's that's the big takeaway that I got. It's uh, mm-hmm. like I know I, it's definitely biased and skewed because of the documentary, but it, yeah, like when you, when you see it from that perspective, it's like yeah, why are they making these dumb decisions? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Go with yeah. It. Sega then... America's doing like say yes (laughs) yeah and then like with that that switch right when nintendo betrayed sony last minute and then they go back and they're like can we make this thing and the head of sony at the time was like let's do it let's take them down and then there's that whole whole thing and then they do the announcement 
uh, of the price and the guy does his whole thing and he just goes up the Sony guy and just goes two ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. I love that stuff. But yeah, I think overall would thanks for the recommendation. It's fantastic. I would recommend it to anyone else who's listening right now or will listen to this. Go check it out. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. So I just want to address something. Who is the new member and where did Vinny go? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, I'm still here, man. It's fine. And oh, a really nice comment from old Craig. You guys create some really underappreciated content. Sean and Vincent have a great passion for the games they play and Josh's passion and knowledge for the industry is on par with some of the best content creators I listen to. I'm a huge fan of the old school podcast beyond and you bring very hey, similar tone to the beyond. way you speak about games the people and the industry at large so thanks thanks for the kind words we Thank appreciate you. it and beyond <laughs> and beyond. beyond i have an old <laughs> photo of you where you're wearing that beyond shirt it's from your from your heyday yeah. of being a chunky boy so craig the probably the reason why i may sound a little familiar is i lived and breathed by podcast beyond when i was younger like 10 years ago greg Mo uh, greg um greg miller colin moriarty that that uh duo that was my bread and butter for such a long time so it's probably i probably have taken a few cues from them over the over the years so thank yeah. you that's really not the kind words thank you for the feedback so right. shall we transition into our next subject which is kind of like it's kind of a bit of a passion subject it's we our our first topic i guess if you don't count busy playing something's josh's biscuits it's uh our the games we played this year we have our most hated or games we didn't like this year and our most loved games or games we have one each one bad one good this is can be they're non-release date specific so you could be playing a game from 10 years ago you could be playing a game from 15 years ago as long as you played it this year so let me just do my fantastic producer transition <laughs> that was really good we transitioning is this the transition music yeah we're doing it Transition. We might get a, a sound bite for that later. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Can you guys see that? Oh, look at this. See, Sean, this is why we need Vinny for him to show us some of this stuff. I'm not. I'm not doing this stuff, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go with the uh, the first one. B rating. Thanks, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And Sean, you can take the reins on this one. This is your most. Well, the game you didn't like, I don't want to say hated, it puts a negative spin on it, but games yeah. you didn't, a game that you didn't like this year that you played, a game you didn't like that you played this year, and that is <laughs> Crackdown, 3, Crackdown 3, an Xbox exclusive, take the reins. Yes, so uh, I I really liked the first Crackdown. Um, I remember playing, uh, like the, the main reason that a lot of people bought it was because they wanted to be able to play the Halo 3 beta because this is just before Halo 3. And so, yeah, get that little gold sticker and you're like, man, all right, I'll give this game a go. Uh, the fact that it was like GTA, but with superpowers, like that was all nice. You had the orb collecting. That was kind of fun. Yeah, a little bit repetitive, but it was it was a breath of fresh air for these sorts of like action platformers that were open world, where you had like the, the large sprawling map, which was a city, and you kind of were able to take it in any way that you wanted to go. You could defeat these bosses first or these ones. Like, it's up to you. The second one I didn't really like because it was basically the first one with a new skin. And now we got the third one. So Sorry, Josh this is laughing. Was, I'm laughing because know, I've got Cruz. you guys yeah, the yeah, yeah, watching Terry Crews. Yeah. It looks like Terry Crews is part of our stream. Like he's like the poor host <laughs> and he's like yelling. Yeah, he is, he is. <laughs> so I was, um, I was really excited when they were announcing a new Crackdown because I feel like it's one of those games that you can kind of jump into the playground and just play it how you want to. 
And so they announced it was Crackdown a few years ago, and then there was delays and all that, and they're actually, okay, we're going to make it Crackdown 3, and it's going to be part of the whole series. Now, it started off really strong in the first 30 seconds when they gave you an idea of exactly how the game is going to start. Then it went downhill. So the level design itself was really finicky, like trying to traverse like uh, the rooftops and stuff. It, it wasn't like easy jumping. You'd have like mm-hmm. these angles that you wouldn't be able to land properly. You wouldn't be able to grab properly. Uh, the shooting mechanics, the lock-on features, it, it just, it didn't really feel nice. The earlier games, it was easy lock-on where it'd be able to transition to enemies. In the third game, not really. It's kind of one and then you got to pull out to go to the next and, yeah, it didn't really quite work for me. Um, the story overall was pretty boring. It was very much similar to the first game, except it felt a little bit dumbed down because they kind of walk you through, this is the one you do, this is the one you do. Even though it was open, you could choose who you wanted, but they kind of like, you know, here's the breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumb trail sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, the map wasn't really inspiring. I think the only thing I enjoyed out of it was going to the uh, the marketing or promotional uh, towers and i was playing as terry cruz so you go over there you hack <laughs> into them uh after a platforming puzzle then next thing you know terry cruz is uh is talking mm. as a big hologram so that was that was like the a nice little bit but otherwise it was it was really bland it was boring i didn't like the story it felt empty it felt like they were three quarters through and they said yeah we're done okay yeah that 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 hurts that hurts here from something that kind of had a bit of success with the initial one enough to spawn a sequel so that's what kind of hurts when you hear something that kind of loses its magic i mean yeah if, if, crackdown was always like a, a project of its time like it felt like an early it felt like a late xbox ps2 type game yeah in its in its design and crackdown crackdown 3 obviously assuming digital developed it so it's a new developer it was announced alongside the Xbox One and was showcased, I think, when they were talking about the, the cloud capabilities and they showed the destructible environments and how the whole map could basically fall apart. That and then happen. got delayed, <laughs> then delayed, delayed again, and maybe a few other delays. It was just delayed, delayed, delayed. And I think it just got to the point where Microsoft's like, we, we sunk millions into this game. We need Let's bring Terry Crews in. Let's just do that. We'll slap him on there. And that will be enough to sell some copies and then we'll just pretend it didn't happen and move on very quickly. But <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a disappointment. Like I always appreciate games that feel old, but excel at it. That's why I like, I've spoken about Crash 4, for instance, where it feels like the old Crash games, but it's done that style of game perfectly. Where this just feels generic in a world of open world third person shooters where the first crackdown didn't. Yeah. And you could argue the fact that maybe Halo is kind of falling down a similar route, but because it's got a very popular fan base, it it just kind of thrives because it had such a strong hit. But, you know, Halo 4, Halo 5, not doing so well. Master Chief Collection obviously having the resurgence because it is Master Chief and it does it cater to 1, 2, 3 ODST. So, yeah, Infinite just lost its second director in two years. Mm. Yeah, today. We, we've, we've spoken today. previously about... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. today. We've spoken previously about our issues with um, with Halo. And yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm worried. But look, I I think this is probably the, the end of Crackdown. I don't think we're going to see a fourth. No, I could see... I could see a re like a research like rebranding might, kind of thing if if they if went anything, to a new studio. maybe a remaster yeah. or something like that but yeah uh, look the the story in the first one was really good like 
it was basic. It was bare bones, but you you understand the hits. You understood like the world they were trying to create, and they started off really strong with number three, and then they just collapsed. You actually played the game, and, and it was like, oh, actually, this yeah. is crap. <laughs> On paper, probably sounded good, right? Oh, we're gonna go back to a you know a fan favorite series. It's gonna feel old school. We're gonna do it really well. Destructible environments, all that. It just has didn't pan out that way. And Microsoft now own better IP, so. Again, develop. It's being developed. It was developed by a game, a, a studio that's not first party anyway. Yeah. So they will just put it in the locker and maybe bring it out in five years or so if they want to do something with it. But probably best it stays there, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's it for Crackdown. Yeah. Shall we move on to our next one, which is you, Josh? What do we got here? It is yes. your favorite game, a game you couldn't shut up about. It is Knack Two. <laughs> two. <laughs> well, that was the thing. This isn't the worst game of 2020. This is the worst game I played, or the one that I think is worth talking about. So, Avengers. Everyone knows who the Avengers are. Uh, Nolan North is the first person you think of when you think of Tony Troy Stark. Baker. So, yeah. yeah, Troy Baker is uh, Bruce Banner. But no. The reason why this game's on here, I had, I enjoyed my time with Marvel's Avengers. I do want to enjoy it more, and I do want to go back to it. But where this game suffers so much is it's trying to be two or three different games all crammed into one. Square Enix, uh, Crystal Dynamics are the developer, so they're the guys who've done Tomb Raider. So they, they've got a a pedigree for first person, third uh, sorry, first person, third person open world kind of story driven games. So this game tries to do that. It's got a 10-hour campaign, which is serviceable, which is good enough, but not on the caliber of, of a Tomb Raider. So there's that. It's trying to be a games-as-a-service, Destiny-style game with its online. So there's that. It's just those two things don't meld at all because they contradict each other. Yeah, I spoke about Destiny having first-class gameplay, and that was enough to get the first game over the line where the first one didn't have a story or very minimal story. And that was enough. This game isn't that much better than some hack and slash. It's Marvel Ultimate Alliance, it's Destiny, and it's like a Tomb Raider game all mixed together. And it just doesn't work. This game is going to make them lots of, lots of money. It's still in the top. It's selling-wise, it's selling great. It's just not retaining a lot of people. Yeah. People are buying it. They're playing it. They're probably getting through the campaign. They're doing some of the uh, post-endgame missions, and then they're just like, well, what do I do? And I I'm at that point. I know Sean's still playing it, so it'd be good to get his opinion on it, but I've hit the level... Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. I've hit the level cap of 50, yep. Yep. and I'm at the power cap before you level up all your items. The, so I'm soft, at one, the soft power cap. The soft power cap. But for me, I'm at the point where it's like, okay, why am I? Why should I grind from 130 to 150? What is the benefit? Yeah, my I don't look any better. I'm really gonna play any better than I am now, and there's no content there to keep me doing that. So I hope this game succeeds. It's got more of a chance than Anthem does, based on the IP, IP itself. But out of all the games I play, like I do a lot of research, as you guys all know, for everything I play. <laughs> I'm I'm rarely going to play something like this is the worst game. Why did I buy this? I've, I've pretty much researched it before I buy it. But this is the one game that disappointed me in 2020, and it breaks my heart. But it is what it is. Yeah, I I mean I could tell that this game was just not going to be a game for me. I know that a lot of people play it. It just doesn't retain a lot of people, which is what you're saying. Uh, I think 
maybe that has to do with the online being so buggy. Like, speaking about not being able to get in games, the level cap for Miss Marvel is broken. You can't get that last skill point. Still a thing. Still. Uh, it's glitchy. The camera messes up. Online is horrible. Maybe, yeah, they do play through the first 10 hours and then they get online and you're like, it's a bad experience. I don't want to touch it anymore. Yeah. So, and really, they're really like the five gum thing. They're selling it. They're pushing it in other marketing. So it is getting a lot of hype and we'll, you know, buy this, get a skin. Mm, Verizon, get a skin. (laughs) Yeah. It's, they have a lot of ways of um, making money with this game, monetizing it outside of the game. So it's pretty interesting, but yeah, I think this was very much a cash grab at the yeah. Avengers name. I, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't think it's, I don't think you can quite call it a cash grab. Like, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, I, like, I, I believe it's on that same kind of pretense, but the game itself, it's, it's not a bad playing game. Like in terms of movement and combat and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's above average. So yeah. Yeah. I, I would say above average. Uh, like I, I still, I still have fun. Like I'm playing Black Widow at the moment. I'm trying to level her up because I'm, I'm going for the platinum. And you get that platinum. Still, yeah, you get do. the platinum. So it's, uh, yeah, it's still fun to play, in terms of that. But I'm at the stage now where I'm just grinding the same three minute mission in order to, to complete that grind. The story missions themselves, like the, the campaign is good because it's got these particular levels that you're playing a particular character, learning a bit about them and all that sort of stuff. Once you get to the end game, you don't have that kind of structure pulling you forward. It's kind of, okay, well, you haven't finished this level yet for the second time. Do you want to do it again? Hmm. And when you do it, it's like, okay, great. So I've done them all. What next? Taskmaster again. Abomination yeah. again. Well, well, actually, today I, I think I got the because um, you get they've got the two factions that you can get experience for to unlock buying items in the stores, which I don't even bother with because what's the point? I'm going to get plenty of gear while playing. So the store is basically meaningless except for like upgrade modules, mon- which I've got plenty of now. But you get you get like eight daily bounties, and then you get the daily challenge like villain sector or whatever they call it. And today, both of those villain sectors, so one for each of the factions, were both Taskmaster. Yeah. Like, That's just little things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, and the game clearly needed another six months in development. I think Mediocre 6 said it had very limited content. It does, right? And and they just announced they're delaying the PS5 and Series X version of the game. So you can put your old disc in and do all that, but that the, the new-gen version which I actually think is a smart move. Yeah. It will allow them to nearly relaunch the game where most games won't be able to do that, but they've got the advantage of saying coming to PS5 or releasing on PS5 and add some content in. Half-baked to your com- uh, comment, Vinny, I, it's it's hard to tell because Crystal Dynamics as a studio have only done single-player games. Like It just seems weird. I don't know if they were getting pressured by Square Enix that's, to that's maybe... Right. Yeah, to... to yeah. to do that um, because this game still tries, it has moments and Sean, you played where you're playing the campaign. You're like, there's a moment. That's a, a very square as uh, crystal dynamics moment. And then all of a sudden it's just average online game where it, it doesn't really need to be. So the, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my one. The best summary yeah. that I can think of with this game, with Marvel Avengers is it's a single player game with tacked on multiplayer. The difference is the single player campaign makes up 10% of the game. 
and yeah. the tactile multiplayer takes up 90% of the game. I think yeah. that's what hurts. And that, and that's Yeah, that's the issue. Like, I have managed to party up with one other person, and I, I, I had my party open for, for hours and hours and hours. One level, I matched up with one other person. Everyone's playing this game single player, mm. even mm. post-game. Nobody's, nobody's partying up. Like, I tried with Josh a couple of times. We had some issues early on. But otherwise, it's like, well, what's the point? Like, the only reason we're going to do that is so that way I know that if I die, he's going to be able to res me and I'm not going to have to watch for 45 seconds as the NPCs fuck about. Yeah. Stand right outside the circle. <laughs> yeah, right outside the circle. And just, uh, uh, it's like, fucking just stand. Rest. But yeah, that's enough of yeah, Avengers. I think, I, think, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that, that's my summary of Avengers. Shall we move on to my one? Which is yeah, let's do it. Let's go. It is uh, Paper Mario, Oof. the Origami King. After you say it, you're like, <laughs> so developed by Intelligent Systems, released July this year. Um, it's a turn-based style RPG, very similar to the you know Super Mario RPG, which spawned the Paper Mario series that came out. Um, look, I the game is okay. I just found it very boring. I think I'm just always waiting for that next thousand year door to come yeah. along and just be like, this is the game. Like, this is going to be it's it. It's not coming. It's not coming. And so I'll say it's the, the visuals. I love the art style. I always did, you know, the nice 2d graphics, the paper style, the thick, bold lines, very cartoony. I'm all about that. So animation kind of visuals. I really enjoy for some people. It's not, it's very cartoony. It's not their cup of tea. I understand that. But also, it's just, I just did not enjoy the combat at all. And it actually made me stop playing it. So this... And I this remember one, you were excited for this one. Yeah. Like we were talking yeah. about it on the show the week before or whatever it was. You yeah. were excited. And that's probably it. I'm still in my, what's that, in my head. I'm just hoping for that, you know, next, next good... Oh, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> the next big sticker... Oh, sorry. Thousand Year Door. But it's just not coming. Um, stick a star no you don't want that <laughs> no but see I, I was actually going to my next point i would actually prefer the sticker or card system over their circular combat arena that is in this game i think that the combat arena is very generic you only really have two kinds of skills you got one in a line and then one in kind of a, a cone v. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then you have a, the power which essentially is the only item that hits the entire arena i did like that when the boss when they had boss uh when they had boss battles that they swapped it out. So in the original part where you're versing mobs, you're in the center. My computer yeah. is making random noises. Um, you're in the center. And then when you're versing a boss, you're on the outside. So, and you have That's to get cool. your, find your way to the middle. So it was good. They yeah. changed it up. They actually made the boss battles slightly different and more like a boss battle experience. But mm. uh, it's, I mean, the overworld was okay, but it wasn't quite an RPG overworld, which is what they're going for. Yeah, it was very linear. There was a lot of stuff. It was a lot of look and find. So, is which... this the combat thing that we're looking at now? Yeah, yeah. This looks like the uh, the Star Wars assault game when Star Wars Battlefront first came out. Like, and that was that was not well received because of this style. So, I can yeah. see where you're coming from in yeah. that disappointment. Very, very dull. And it's just like, cool. I can hit him in a line, or I can hit him in a cone, and that's it. I get that's two it. moves. It's it's kind of dull. The story was fine from what I played up to. I didn't end up finishing it. Once again, got bored. Um, <laughs> it it had charm, but I think overall it was just disappointing. It's yeah. Nintendo do a lot of this because they 
you kind of give them credit and you take it away very quickly. Like, it's good that they experiment with Mario and do all these different types of games, but the issue is when they do a sequel or a continuation of a franchise, but then still change it up. Like, no, 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 this is the reason why we like the first one. Like, don't yeah. change it. Yeah. Keep it and continue. But they always continually try to do something different. So you give them credit, but then it's like, well, they're going to have, at some point, something's not going to click with you. Yeah, I mean, you go back to the Wii Super Pet Mario. That was actually just a platformer much like mario but had the instance where you do go into 3d space and you can kind of like go left and right and and go back to 2d space that was really cool and i actually thought that was one of the better paint mario's i mean if you look at sticker star and color splash on the wii u you go back to the super pet mario i actually really enjoyed that one i like that better than the other two and i like that better than this one now because it was a game i actually enjoyed enough to complete but Mm. Dazzling Your Door Takes the Cake. I'd like to see them do... I'll say this. If they're doing Pet Mario to be an RPG, I'd like to see them do something like they had Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I'd like to see them do something with that kind of system. More, yeah, more, yeah, of, a, yeah. more of a true RPG. Traditional, yeah. And or they have the Mario tools to do RPG. it. Yeah. Exactly. Just go play Tearaway on the Vita. You'll be happy. <laughs> Just go play Tearaway. So <laughs> I guess that, that kind of wraps it up on our our worst games we played this year so is there any i, I kind of want to know in the chat like what do you do you have any bad games that you played this year like let us know in the comments we'll kind of address it as we go on but we'll move into now more of a positive note and that's our best games that we played this year so best game best game best game best game and let's go to sean sean your best game an oldie um, but a goodie is i think is mm. the best Best Can we just acknowledge Vinny's uh, note note taking? I don't know. You you you're throwing out dates at me. I'm I'm like he's a proud he's prepared. He's prepared. Proud parent. Proud parent. Thanks, man. Look, I'm trying. It's I'm hosting tonight, so obviously I got to put in that extra mile. I mean, the the producer, the production values are off the charts right now. It's great. Producer, I mean, director. Yeah. Yeah, we get us fifty followers so we can get paid. That's um, it. Give us, give us a follow. <laughs> give us a follow if you haven't followed already. Yeah, you slackers. But um, yeah, I, so I I picked Ellie Noir uh, remastered. So I ended up playing that this year. I remember when L.A. Noir first came out and the big deal was not only was it a Rockstar title, but it was an Australian title because Dean Bondi worked on it in Sydney. And unfortunately, Rip. they've they've passed on to a, a, a better life. Uh, well, arguably. But <laughs> this game stuck around. And it's it's one of those games where people... Like people are very on the fence in some in some ways. They like the fact that it was yeah, it was GTA. You can go and do whatever you want, and the the cases themselves, the detective cases, trying to look for clues and all that sort of stuff. Like that was that was really good fun. But a lot of people felt that the campaign was either too structured or it was too short. Like there there could have been something more like encouraging, maybe uh, you know, like free roaming and that sort of stuff. For me, I didn't care. I I've already played this game before when it first came out and I, I finished it. So this time I was like, okay, I'm going to do a playthrough with the guide. I'm going to do everything absolutely correctly step by step, which I feel is okay to do. And it was really enjoyable because there, yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff that I missed, like, you know, talking to specific uh, witnesses, looking mm-hmm. for clues, all that sort of stuff. And when you, when you actually follow it to the letter, you kind of get that understanding of, oh, okay, I can see the pattern for all of these cases. And then in in the third act, it everything just changes that little bit. So I uh, I, I really enjoyed this game. I think the graphics kind of 
yeah, everyone talks about how the face looks really weird, but like in the re- in the remastered, <laughs> did version, you kill this person? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I think the uh, yeah, the faces hold up really well, and you could you can actually when you're looking at them, like you couldn't necess- necessarily do that with the 360 and the PS3 versions. But looking at the Xbox One and the PS4 versions, you can you can actually see the differences in their face. Yeah, and so that was that was actually really nice to see because you can actually tell like okay, like you were watching the truth out lie now, and yeah, I got it wrong you, every you time I played it, it originally because it was just like I'm like he's, <laughs> he's chewing, he's confident, he's telling yeah. the truth uh, because you get the little intricacies <laughs> of like if they're looking around, then chances are they they have no idea. Yeah, but if they're looking around with like yeah where it's like deliberate looking around then you know they're mm-hmm. hiding something it's like little things like that and the once George you stand out oh yeah so i i actually really enjoyed it so if you haven't played la noir because you haven't felt like it's your type of thing or maybe grand theft auto isn't your type of thing play it for the cases because even the cases themselves is really interesting play with a guide if you need to if you don't want to you know screw it up or whatever but uh yeah i i, I would recommend it i it was definitely like one of the best games that i played this yeah year. what would you say is like yeah. It, like the your favorite part about the game like is it is it the fact that is it following the entire story is it the the you know kind of detecting lie and truth is it just like the getting the oh yeah i've solved the case kind of moment like what i think the best part about it was you you rock up to a crime scene and it's like okay we need to look at all the clues and so you look at all the clues and you can kind of already get an idea in your head before even talking to any witnesses you're like okay i can kind of see what's happening here and so when that moment where you're like, okay, I know exactly who did it. And then you still, you follow the progression. You talk to the witnesses, you go to other locations, check out for more clues, yada, yada. And then it ends up being that person right at the end. You're like, great. I got this early on. Yeah. I you, just had to follow the process. You're actually playing, like you are a detective. Like you are, you are trying mm. to solve the case in your head as well as play it out. So yeah, yeah that's really cool. The game did some really cool stuff. I think the reason why it's probably not remembered is because it's a published by Rockstar game, people just expected Grand Theft Auto because it's an open world Rockstar game. Like yeah, that's yeah. what you think. And the game is very restrictive in that sense. It doesn't allow you to go and just murder people on the streets or a cop. Um, so I think that it's you know, GTA has got such a huge fan base, as we know. I think those players went in with that mindset and said this. Uh, and then there was that subsection of, of gamers that just naturally came across it that maybe weren't the biggest GTA fans, but, you know, heard of the series or whatever, and they played it and said, oh, this is really cool. Like, I liked it. That's I actually think... me. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. GTA fan at all. Like, I yeah. played it on PS2 and then didn't like any of the new ones, but I enjoyed Ali Noir for what it was. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it was probably just a little too early for its time. Mm. Yes. Like, now, it would be good because you can do all those subtle facial you know <laughs> yeah yeah but also but also not only that it's if you treat it as a point and click adventure game it's very very much similar to the walking dead to to it's all the best of those telltale games. game ever yeah all of those telltale <laughs> games so when you when you kind of like when you think about it in that mindset with a little bit of action adventure then everything just comes together I'm yeah, t- yeah your notebook you can refer to your notes and Remember that lady hit her lipstick in the, in the trash can band and uh, trash bin. I'm like, I got yeah, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, they need to make no mediocre. They should bring remake it properly. No, you know what they should do is they should make a Ace Ventura, LA Noir style 
game Dude. where your the pet your your Jim Carrey. I feel Ace like Ventura. we've said this before. <laughs> I know, but I need to I need to put it out there. Let's get it happening because let's get it happening. Let's get Jim Carrey on the phone. How funny would that be? Where like you're trying to take it seriously, like in LA Noir, but you're actually just saying dolphin. Yeah, <laughs> like you're just you're I'm trying spotted. to save pets and all. The, they could just mm. be side missions at the start. Yeah. At the start of Cat in the tree. It's yeah. Stuff. Random stuff yeah. like All that. Right, buddy, now where did they stick it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And by interrogating, you are the guy, like you are just poking your eye kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Underrated. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Oh, fantastic set of movies. <laughs> um, speaking but, of Ace Ventura. Speaking of Ace Ventura, <laughs> Josh, what is, what is your... What is your most loved I game? I what the comment section think. They think they're going to get Last of Us. I think they're going to get... No, they know what they're getting. It is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh boy, can I not wait to play this on PS5 again? Because I've been holding off. Uh, I wanted to go... As soon as I finished it, I'm like, I'm going to go back in and do everything. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll let it rest. I'll let it, I'll let it you know, ferment for a little bit in my mind. And I absolutely... Sorry, Vinny. I was going to say, you're not going to let it... You're not going to play it on the Xbox One after the timed exclusive? Yeah, look, it's only a third of a game. It's not worth it. Exactly. <laughs> this game is just. I've always said for years, I love Final Fantasy from a distance. I always appreciate it. I always love the art style. I always love the over the top anime story. I just wasn't the type of player that was playing these games. Yeah. This was going to be the one to introduce me to Final Fantasy in general as a, as a series. I played this and immediately was hooked because it was just, it played, played, played like no other game I've ever played before in terms of real time yet, not real time action. Very, you know, you're building out your loadout. It's like a real turn-based RPG turned into a third person hack and slash, but still retaining a lot of those older elements. It's not like kingdom hearts where it's really just a third person beat them up, hack and slash. It's not, the RPG stuff is not there, really. This retains all that. It has a, a great story. The opening, I've probably played and watched, no joke, hundreds of times. I, I loved it. I replayed that opening with the train. Like, it's just perfect. And I, I finished the game, and I said, wow, this is awesome. Like, this is only a portion of what Final Fantasy VII was. And then I went down the Metal Gear Solid rabbit hole where I'm like, okay, now I've got to, now I've got to play the original. And then I played the original. Now I need to watch the ridiculously long extended edition of the movie. And I begrudgingly sat through that. Then I need to read all the stories and like, I just went down the rabbit Crisis hole. Crisis Core, Trudge of Cerberus. Crisis, yeah, exactly. And Jill, I'm like, oh, there's the Buster Sword. Look how cool that is. And yeah, and it was just good. Like, when I when this game was getting announced or got announced and was coming out, the one of the podcasters I listened to said, play the original first. So you get you get the nuances, you get that stuff. I didn't do that because I knew I wouldn't I wouldn't have enjoyed it at that time. I actually prefer now knowing that I played it without the knowing of the backstory because it, it gave me that perspective. Then I went back and played the original, and now all I want to do is play this again, knowing what I know. So I can't wait for this to be playable on PS5. There's some, you know, game design areas this game could improve where you're slowly creeping through, like leaning up against the wall while the game loads and some weird stuff like that. But the combination of the music, the gameplay, the story, it's just, 
honestly unlike any game I've ever played before. And I cannot, again, cannot wait to replay this on PS5. I love this game. And hyped as you wouldn't believe for Final Fantasy 16 because it's taking what this game Joshua. did and, and is continuing that. Like I went back and played 15. I just couldn't do it. I just felt like that game was just too slow across the board and did a lot of things I didn't like. If the series continues down this path, which is looking like it is going to happen, I am going to slowly become one of the biggest Final Fantasy fans ever. I'm <laughs> so, playing nine at the moment. I want to play ten. I want to go back and play. I'm getting. I've got eight coming on the PS One. I'm gonna. It's it's happening. I love I love ten so much. Ten and actually ten two gets a bad rep, but it actually wasn't a horrible game. Like it was okay. It just was not as good as ten. But so yeah. So your favorite part would you say is the combat of this game, or is it the story, or if you had to pick one uh, thing and say it. Or is it just like an overall gem for you? It's just overall gem. Like the whole Sephiroth stuff, like there's, it's such a like a nerdy video game thing where it's like the villains there from the start and super over the top, you have the oh, visions and all that stuff. Like it's just, just so cool. So cool. This game is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I didn't hate it. I, like, I, I liked it when I first played it. I think going back to it and kind of looking at it, I liked it a little bit less, especially once... I have a couple of friends who kind of pointed out the flaws in the game, but maybe take a step back and being like, just because it's Final Fantasy VII, I don't have to love it. So mm. I I really enjoyed it for what it was and playing it. I don't think I'll play the first one again. I'll wait for part two and play it, but I'm actually going to go back because I have it on the Switch. I have seven and eight on the Switch as the combination pack. I'm actually going to go back and start playing seven as we, yeah. I mean, because I struggled with Mega Man 11. So I'm like, I'll just play mm. an RPG. That's That's good. And... Games, the old school turn-based RPGs are really, I'll say this, are really good in handhelds because it's something you can pick up and put down really fast. But yeah. Final Fantasy VII, I think one of the, if not the most iconic Final Fantasy game of all time. Mm-hmm. And can, can I just yeah. end on why, you know, how the question of what was my favorite part, I think I realized what it is Okay, now. let's go. My favorite part of this game is it doesn't take away from the original. It's actually there's levels of understanding this game and in different levels, this game actually is connected to the first game in ways, not only just retelling the story, it's actually connected to the first game. There's moments where Sephiroth references things that he wouldn't know at that point of the story. There's Aerith saying certain things and referencing Zack where she wouldn't have done that in the original. It's like they've laid it out where this isn't a, it's a retelling of it's a remake of the original, a retelling of the original, but, but it's not it. there to remove the original from the timeline. It's it's that type of stuff that I like about it because it's like you play it. All right, I understand what's going on. Well, that ending's a bit weird. What what does that mean? Play the original. Oh, this makes a bit more sense. But hold on, some things don't line up. Play it again. Okay, this is oh, he's from the future. He's coming back. Oh, oh. Metal Gear to the max. I love it. So that you like that long convoluted timelines, but you know, and yeah. so does uh. Tim Tam, he says Final Fantasy VII remake. I respect it. So you know what? You, you got the respect of one of our one of our fellow viewers. viewers. Yes. Uh, so this t- takes it to my one. The can anyone guess what it is? Oh, we know. Yeah, yeah, you know it's Hades. <laughs> is it that one you've been playing? <laughs> it's it's your boy. It's your boy Hades. So what's his name? Zagreus. Uh, Zagreus. Zagreus. So yeah. Hades came out. <clears throat> September 17th this year officially was originally released in patches from 2018 onwards developed yep. by Supergiant Games which have put banger after banger you know Bastion, Pyre, Transistor those games yep. 
it's a roguelike action RPG where you do die, you go back to the start, but there are some level up mechanics during the in the game that you can unlock permanently. But oh man, like this game is so good. Like the Greek mythology aspect hits me right at that right at the right time where I'm just going through my Percy Jackson phase again. I'm going through Greek mythology. I've always been a big fan. So any game based on Greek mythology, like I will really enjoy playing. I am gonna play uh Immortal Phoenix Rising. Like I am mm-hmm. keen to play that game because it is Greek mythology based. Yeah. Uh, I mean this game alone, the gameplay is fantastic. Each time you so essentially what you're trying to do is you are Hades' son Zagreus and you are trying to escape hell and try and get to Olympus and find your mum who's kind of abandoned you. Her name's Persephone, wife of Hades. Makes sense. She's in she's in God of War, uh, Chains of Olympus. That's it. She's, she's in Greek mythology. She's in Greek mythology. <laughs> she's in God of War. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I love this game. Like I said, the game, oh, yeah, the game is, each one is so different. So you can change up your weapons. So you can go like shield, uh, sword, javelin, arrow, oh, gauntlets. Arrow. Yeah. Gunner. And each time you go through the run, you will get different upgrades or boons. So the Olympians offer you certain upgrades and specs. So you could essentially play the game so different every single time. And the artwork, I love the mechanics are very polished i mean it's been kind of in beta testing for two years so everything is polished and nerfed and balanced and it's all well-rounded the voice like there is the voice acting there is like over 1600 lines of individual dialogue for kind of each character so Mm -hmm. each time you encounter a new uh new god or the same god or unlock something new it rarely feels like you're doing the same thing over and over again it feels so different every single time uh yeah I, I, I just can't stress enough. I just love this game. I think if I had to say my favorite part about it is actually just the mythology of it all. It's it's something that I've always been interested in as a kid and kind of growing up watching, I mean, Josh knows his show, Class of the Titans as a kid, yeah. really getting into our Greek mythology, reading Percy Jackson as a kid, watching Percy Jackson movies. Now I'm going to be watching that that netflix series blood of um zeus yeah blood of zeus yeah i'm very keen to watch that but oh man just it's a different take of it too like the whole house of hades and it's literally a house or a hotel for the dead and yeah these little workers there like it's just a a very like creative fantastical way of, of of doing it it's really cool yeah and it's everyone's got their own personality and charm and it doesn't like the npcs kind of feel because there is so many new interactions the npcs feel more intelligent than normal npcs would they so, react to you like yeah. when you die and go back to them they're like oh you again no you died and you know this happened like it's cool yeah i can't believe you you know at the end of once you beat the hydra a certain amount of time you start calling him to you start calling him learny so every time he appears as a boss he's no longer called hydra he's called learny so it's yeah it's just little niches like that i know a rogue game isn't what everyone everyone's cup of tea, but mm. I would highly recommend at least playing this game or at least trying it out because I was not a big fan of rogue games besides Bastion, and I think it's more this developer, uh, Super Giant, Super Giant, yeah, that makes me like this style. It's yeah, yeah. not anyone else. I think Enter the Gungeon is something I've heard is really good, and I will play mm. that, which is another roguelike game, but. This, this roguelikes game. have to walk a line where it's 
It's if a fine I'm, line. I'm the same thing. If I'm dying and not getting any, don't feel like I'm progressing, I turn off very quickly. The fact that it's like I'm forever up uh, unlocking new weapons, I'm forever un- unlocking those. There's certain like the black crystal, the black whatever it's called. That's your currency that you keep after you die, and you can use that to upgrade certain things. So you're not, you're never feeling. I never felt that I was like, oh, I'm dead. I gotta do it again. I always felt like I was getting better at the game. Yeah, and so once you do beat the game, eventually you'll unlock uh, packs of punishment, which allow you to make the game harder. So, and after so, and there's blocks. So after getting five packs of punishment, you'll unlock something new. Fifteen, thirty-two, and they're called heat. So you do a heat run. Oh, it's it's great. And you get little trinkets. If you if you speak to the gods and goddesses of Olympus long enough, you'll get trinkets and you'll get certain weapon upgrades. And yeah. so you're you're constantly being I will play runs where I will not want to get to the end. I'll just be okay, cool. I'm gonna try and get this kind of legacy boon or legendary upgrade. And yeah. I'll just try and I, I want to see, for example, Artemis. Like, I want to get to Artemis or find her so then I can level her up. And then after mm. that, I'll just, like, quit and start again. Like, yeah. sometimes getting to the end is not my objective in this game. Sometimes it's just trying to complete the game. Because That's awesome. Because it's such a good experience. But, All right. Yeah. Is there any... Uh, anyone got any questions <laughs> for me? I was crying. I was so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but a really serious bunch of conversations. But they're, they're good. Like these are our, these are kind of like our passion things, you know, even talking about yeah. the bad is still passionate because you're passionate on why you disliked it. So yeah. Um, one question from Mr. Scotsman. Hi Josh. What's the craziest PlayStation? <laughs> what's the craziest PlayStation exclusive developer fact, you know, go. Exclusive developer fact. PlayStation. Okay. Well, let's open it up to everybody. I'm not going to keep it. What's everyone's one. I don't know first party tidbit fact that they want to talk about. That's something that's, you know, what's the most interesting, unique, minuscule fact that you know about PlayStation first party? I mean, first party stuff, I think of Naughty Dog and I think the fact that they did have stuff for Jack 4 in the works that they just scrapped, which always kind of hurts me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. I think that's the, that's the fact where it's like, if you get the Naughty it's Dog art. art book, there is Jack 4 artwork in there and it just it looks so cool i know but mm. i think that's mine what do you reckon do you have any sean like xbox nintendo uh, you actually you actually stole mine oh really <laughs> yeah um like the fact the fact that yeah they they just uh they had a, they had a version of a mascot and it, it like one once it kind of moved over to playstation 3 they they mostly dropped their their platformers mm. so they dropped crash they dropped jack and daxter they drop sly cooper like sure they have their collections but like yeah they kind of those, those sorts of games were dropped mm. and yeah we don't have a jack four we don't have a, a sly cooper four we don't have that sort of stuff so like that the sucker punch so yeah mm. what do you reckon josh what's yours uh, one, one, um, one fact some minuscule stuff I'll, I'll rattle off a few one uh, <laughs> i literally say one fact i'll rattle <laughs> off a few Naughty Dog have an internal team called the Ice Team. That's the uh, initiative from a initiative for a common engine team. Their their role is to help create the engines and help developers use those engines. So there's one. Uh, Sony are, are forming a new studio in Malaysia to be a support studio. They're forming another team at Sony San Diego that are rumored to work on Uncharted. 
and they have a team and chatted. They've got a team called XDev, which are like an incubator team that help uh, publishers work on games with marketing deals and things like that. So there's four or five random little facts. Well, I appreciate all those. I mean, I think the only one I knew was the MLB, the show guys doing Naughty Dog stuff. That's that's the only one I knew. And that's only because from you and us talking on previous podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, Rip Sly Cooper, Mediocre <laughs> 6. I know we were all pretty busted about it. And then the whole movie, which didn't even end up happening or is still in development. No one knows what's going on with that. No, it didn't happen. And then Ratchet and Clank, they they moved, they moved, changed. Yeah. Uh, they changed their angle of what they were going to do. But yeah, I'll say the, the final comment for this is... Uh, Tim Tam, what's your, what's your go-to combo of the gods? I love the bow. So I love messing with Artemis and getting Atlanta as the shield. So Artemis as the dot effect with the arrow. And then also getting, I think it's Dionysus is the dot effect with hangover. So essentially what you do is there's a... Dionysus. Dionysus, he's the god of wine. Got the little grapes in the yeah. Pretty sure it's not how you pronounce it, but that's okay. Go on. <laughs> what Dionysus? How would you uh, pronounce Sega? <laughs> <laughs> Sega. <laughs> that's all right, Vinny. We got what you were saying. That's all right. Yeah, go. On. Actually, it is Carry like on. that's how they say it in the in the game. So I would say it. Oh, yeah, pretty good yeah, lore. Sure. <laughs> um, was right. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, you sure. get the dot effect of the hanger of the hangover with the aspect of Hera is the bow, so you get to load up your your blast into the bow, shoot it, and then it would actually get lodged in them and it will do a dot effect, which like just shreds them. That's probably my favorite one. But enough about Hades. I was playing this game on a completely different level, clearly. (laughs) It's just like, ah, thunderbolts everywhere. (laughs) Just go. Hermes and Artemis for my go-to. Yeah, that's a good combo as well. Just get that speed. He's he's talking like how I talk about my my Marvel Avengers build. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, little what my uh, chest plate. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I can do uh, it. Pin particles, like seriously, it's just pin particles for days. Make them small. Make it easy. I can I can nerd out about Hades for days, but let's let's wrap it up here. We, I mean, let us know in the comments what do you think your best game you played this year, and we'll talk about it. We'll probably address it in the comments. But let's move on to our next subject, which is what is it? It's. <laughs> It's, we have another subject, do we? Yeah, we do. And I'll bring it up here. It's that famous tweet from Alex Hutchinson that came out this, I was like two, like two, three, four days ago. Two hours ago. According to this tweet that I screen grabbed, yes, two hours ago. It is Google Stadia. So it was this whole weird thing that they were talking about. It's like, the like I'll read the tweet for you. So he was essentially talking about how there was DMCA strikes coming through from Twitch about the music that p- people were getting copyright strikes and having their music and sound muted and getting that much like how YouTube does the same thing. Twitch, it was now happening on Twitch. So <laughs> you're right there, Josh. I'm a bit thirsty. I'm like salivating. I mean, yeah, but so, you know, you know, who actually got banned off Twitch? Who? So, you know, Herman uh, Lee. Oh, no, Herman Lee. So he's the guitarist for Dragon Force. So if you know Through the Fire and the Flame and Flames, then like the guitarist for him, he's doing his own music on Twitch, and he got banned. Really? For playing his own copyrighted music? He copyrighted yeah. himself. He copyrighted him. Yeah, he got copyrighted by his label. That that hurts. Mm. That hurts. But mm. but no, this is the tweet from he was he was said that he was the what was he he was supposed to be Creative the director of Stadia Games. Yeah, which was proven to be debunked. 
So mm-hmm. he said he was creative director at his Twitter handle said creative director at Google Stadia, which is wrong. He is actually one of the creative directors at making games at Google Stadia. So <laughs> yeah, I think he was giving himself uh, a bit cool of a, about that. I yeah. was an executive something on one of my resumes somewhere. Yeah, I was a landscaper as a kid. I've just mowed the lawn. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, so his tweet is, the real truth is the streamers should be paying developers and publishers of games that they stream. They should be buying a license like any other real business and paying for the content they use. Now, straight up, flat out ridiculous is what, what? I think. And mm. it's funny because Google Stadia actually distanced themselves and had to send out another tweet saying that, yeah, we just don't agree with this at all i've got the tweet here if you want me to read it go for it so this was from uh google's head of gaming uh and youtube brian white uh we believe that publishers and creators have a wonderful symbiotic relationship that has allowed a thriving ecosystem to be created one that has mutually uh, mutually benefit uh, benefited everyone it's focused on creating value for creators publishers and users that's it that's it and it's it's pretty interesting because he was trying to I mean, you look at Google and you think, what does Google own? Google owns YouTube. YouTube have YouTube gaming. It's something that they have essentially wanted to partner with for gamers. And then why would someone talking about Stadia release his comment kind of targeting gamers? It's very, it's just, I can, the whole thing so was bonkers. I can, like I can kind of see it from a perspective and I'm, I'm not playing devil's advocate, but I can see it from the perspective of say music because if you're if you're streaming a game or or you're just doing just chatting or whatever and you're playing music in the background like you might have paid for the ability to be able to use that music but like it's the same with how we don't show um we're not showing films like we're showing trailers at the moment and all that sort of stuff we're not showing film on Twitch because there is a disclaimer like when you when you purchase a film or when you rent a film or whatever that you can't show it in public and streaming is considered public. Yeah. But keep in mind that those are laws that are severely outdated. So music is is kind of like the big one that's been hit where you can't really play other people's music over whatever you're doing due to copyright laws and all that sort of stuff. Video game is kind of the next thing because the difference is you're actually like interacting with the game. So you're playing the game. And so I might I might have bought, bought Watch Dogs Legion and then I would play that game online now there's or like for for streaming now there's no actual disclaimer or anything like that in terms and conditions that says that it has to be used for private use yeah like in terms of not being able to play it because i'm playing it privately but i'm sharing that footage with the wider public yeah and because the laws are outdated the laws don't actually cover any of that they don't say like you know this is what you can do this is what you can't do in regards to that so I can see where he's coming from, but he's coming from a very literal standpoint of where the law sits, especially in regards to other media that we consume. And it is behind in terms of uh, something like games and streaming. Mm. Yeah. Josh, do you want oh, to go? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> look, legally, he's correct. Legally, yes. he's correct. But the the whole idea of people stream. Like the uh, like Alex was saying, right? It's a symbiotic relationship. The reason why this works is because this basically is free marketing for them. Yeah, games like Among Us were this, Among Us didn't come out of nowhere. It was nowhere. 2018. It's been out for a few. Twenty eighteen. It's been out for two years. It's because of Twitch that game is successful. Fall Guys is as big as it is because of the Twitch community and PlayStation Plus. Uh, there's there's a, there's a list of games like that, right? It's it is it's a symbiotic relationship between 
the game creators, the game itself, and the player and the personality behind it. Yes, there can be some uh, instances where it can be venomous to be like that, especially if the personality on the screen is someone you don't want to be partnered with or someone you don't want that game connected to. Imagine if you've got a, a Twitch streamer who's super successful playing Among Us, super successful. He is known for Among Us, but he is the most disgusting, rude person out there. You probably don't want that relationship to happen. So, yes, legally, that is, that is the case. They can they can do that. The reason why they don't do that is because it's beneficial for them not to. More free people publicity. playing Free publicity. More people playing it. To Sean's point about the music, it can go both ways. I still see it in the same sense. If, if I'm playing, if I'm a successful streamer and I'm doing whatever and there's music in the background, nine times out of ten, someone in the comments goes, oh, what's that song? Oh, I like that song or whatever. And it brings up conversation and that person might then go buy and download. That's different to me hosting a stream and just having a music play or having a movie play in the background or just having a, I don't know, whatever. It's it's the relationship between those three things or those multiple things that make it what it is. The whole mm. idea of, of removing that from a guy creating games on a struggling platform that is based on streaming, come on. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's, yep. it's ridiculous in itself. And I just want to address this comment by Tim Sands. Like, so the way I see it, we pay for a music streaming service like Spotify to play music privately. But when we stream, we aren't paying for the songs directly as we pay for the service. With games, on the other hand, we pay for individual games. Now, I don't agree with that for two reasons. One, you look at Game Pass. You're not paying for the individual games. You're paying for games at the service. And Stadia is essentially the exact same thing. So when you're saying that you pay for individual games only, it's it's not right. So you're not. Because no. you're paying, for, you're still paying for the service. The exactly. game doesn't. Ex- the disc is just a disc. That's just the the key you put into the car to turn it on. We don't want that anymore. Exactly. Yeah, it's just something they can turn it turn it off any second. So I think Tim, what you're getting to is is, is some it's like gray area. Track, but in reality, it's no different to a, a music or a movie. It's 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 more granular in the sense of something you're interacting with, and there's that sense of ownership. We are paying seventy dollars. Uh, for this uh, piece of software, but you're pa- that you're paying to be able to play that software. Mm. Any sort of streaming or sharing of that software isn't legally allowed, but is allowed by the publishers because it makes them money. Yeah, and it's also so interesting it's in middle ground. Like it's also interesting that because like especially with the newer consoles that we've got, which kind of making it a big deal, and PCs had it for forever. They've got share buttons. Yeah, they, I was they actually going to address that. Share this content on YouTube and Twitch, and the only difference between that and streaming it is that you might have your fucking face on it, or you might be able to talk over the top of it and have that presentable live. Yeah. that's the only major, like, real difference. They they mm. encourage this sort of stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, making a game, yeah, having the Xbox having their share button and then having PS Five with their content creation button, it's it is free advertising and with other people doing it, you're playing games that people would not normally know about. And you say among us is the perfect example. It mm. blew up this year. It is the most, still the most popular game on Twitch for like the third month in a row. It's insane. And it's just it's a more mo- popular than just chatting. Yeah. And it's just free to play and it's a downloadable game and it just adds on mobile. And then if you buy it on steam it's eight bucks. So it's pretty interesting that you have someone who's literally a someone associated with YouTube and talks about streaming, like mm. viewing YouTube games and streaming YouTube gaming. And then the consoles, which allow for this, it's pretty interesting seeing two different things. You know, yeah. one, like the, 
the console world are adapting and PC is adapting as well with Twitch. I think the, he is very, he's looking at it very literally where you have content, content, for example, for example, music and movies that you can't really make transformative. Whereas a game can be transformative. You can talk over it. You can give your own opinion. Your playthrough would be different than my playthrough. It's, it's different like that. So it, yeah, I think he's, he's very literal on old rules. Yes. Like an old laws. They haven't been updated to, to reflect what we currently have in the community. Hmm. And in saying that, like, I'm not going to come to the defense of this, of this guy, because I don't know him, but he could have just had a really shitty day. The tweet could have been written in a way where it wasn't representative of his actual feelings. And the, you no, know, you look at everything. Yeah, he, he doubled down. Oh, he doubled down. Well, yeah, he doubled down. He, he was replying to everything. Well, yeah. maybe he's just, it's, it's, it's it's so counterproductive to his actual job. It makes no sense. Exactly. It's like someone making cheeseburgers saying, I refuse to make a cheeseburger. I refuse to put these buns on that burger. It ain't happening. Like, what <laughs> yeah. are you doing? Get out. Well, okay. Yeah, so let's, let, let's flip it. Okay. So at the moment, his, his tweet, which actually, uh, Vinny, can you put up the tweet again? Just, just uh, so we can. Yeah, I can try and do this. There we, go. there we go. There we go. So they should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content that they use. Now, let's flip it on its head. Do you think streamers should be paid to freely promote these sorts of games? Now, I understand that there are streamers out there who do get paid. Like, obviously, it's part of the marketing budget of publishers to to pay for streamers to promote the game. But... If, for example, like, you know, one of us was to do a stream and we were going to play, you know, okay, Watch Dogs Legion, it's in my hand. Do you think that we should then get a cut of promotion? Sorry? <laughs> this is like the classic <laughs> Sean, a game within arm's reach. Yeah, it's like, it's it's been here the whole time. <laughs> it's um, been raised and shown about four times. <laughs> I know. It's because it's the only one that's here. I've, I've got like empty beer bottles. That's it. Um, <laughs> but do you think that streamers should get paid for free promotion well it's basically free at the moment but for promotion of these sorts of games from uh, who as in from the people watching or from the publisher themselves i would say from the publisher themselves mm. i think it's fine as long as it's disclosed at the start and say this is this this content you're watching is being promoted but by I'm, you I'm talking, I'm talking like flipping it on its head because at the moment there may be a cease and desist or something like that. And he's saying, you know, they should pay for the opportunity to be able to spread it. I'm saying the other way, like should, if I, if I was to do a, a three hour stream, then say, by the way, I've done this three hour stream, free promotion. Pay me. Jim, can you bring up the tweet one more time? <sighs> Sorry. You've really, that's a tricky one. It's all. I disagree with that. I think his comment is referring to the fact that streamers should be paying the developers in the sense that streamers are making money. They're becoming successful based on the content that he's created. Yeah. Or he's okay. Doing. So we'll go to developers then. Yeah. Do you think developers should pay for that? No, no. I think it's, it's, it's free. The idea is people play the games because they enjoy it. If there are paid promotions, they do say at the start of pay, pay, uh, yeah. pay promotions. You look at any YouTube, any YouTube. Video game donkey. Yeah. Anyone who gets sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends on YouTube, like yeah. those, those, the those best game, action game of 2018. <laughs> yeah, you you thought you saw it all with Castle Crashes. That was a thing. It's it's. Mini does get, it. He's the his Twitter handle was VP of Executive Sales at Busy Playing Something. That's Doesn't, it. None of that. <laughs> no vice Selling. vice producer. 
That's what it oh, was. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. just elaborate on the on the president. I was actually producer. I'm co I'm co creator. That's yeah, how that's exactly it. <laughs> um, but back to your back to your question, Sean. I think it's still we're still in that nuance of having that. It's a once again a gray area. I think it's going to come more into fruition with the new generation of consoles because there is that share and that create button, and it is they're actually just handing that to you. You're buying the console, you're buying the games. If you get content from the games that you purchase, you can make free content from that because you are paying for the you're paying for the console, you're paying for the game, and you're paying for the service to play online. So yeah, if you want to publicly open it and you will give us free publicity, which is going to make us more money because we are, you are advertising a game that you just happen to like that is on our platform, go for it. Mm. I and think, keep in mind, Google distanced himself from this. It's not like yeah, they came in. Yeah, and they just fucking like backing and Everyone's like, like yeah, "Who no, are you?" No, no. You know, you know, um, work for us. What are you talking about? The uh, so the other thing that I did want to mention is at the moment, like they do have the share and the create buttons and all that sort of stuff, and we've seen a lot of this sort of uh, marketing from the PlayStation Five, like primarily about how you know things are going to work in terms of how you're going to share and all that sort of stuff. Now we've seen recently they've uh, there's been videos out because the embargo has been lifted on trophies. Now when you unlock a trophy, there is like a little video that says usually for a PlayStation Four you get a screenshot of when that trophy popped, but now for PlayStation Five it's going to be like a little video that leads into it, and there's like little marketing that PlayStation's going to put on there, and it's all automatic. So maybe that's something that can be looked at. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that we should go down the path of the, uh, this gentleman. But perhaps that's a path that, you know, if streamers are going to, you know, try and make money from streaming these sorts of games, maybe there is going to be mandatory marketing that's going to have to be included. When you look at NBA 2K as like the example of mandatory marketing. If someone, yeah, if someone is streaming that yeah. game, then they're getting paid advertising. I, I think I, receive, I, I perceive that a little differently. I think the whole point of it is to share it. The whole idea is to share the moment you got the trophy with the pop-up down the bottom and it shows what the trophy was for and shows what trophy it is. I, so was I, was using, I was using that as an example for, for like for mandatory marketing. What are they marketing though? What do you, I'm sorry, I might the have fact that it's a place that, The fact that it's a PlayStation trophy. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're marketing in the sense that, hey, you know, this. Oh, I'm proud of my platinum, I'm going to share it and yeah. hashtag PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. That's exactly right. I didn't, so I didn't I, see I, the I'll issue make, in that at all. Yeah. So, like, no for example, problem. if there was, like, a like if you do a Spider-Man clip, like, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but what if there was there was a thing where you did a two-minute Spider-Man clip and you uploaded it to YouTube, but it would have to go through, like, a PlayStation server before it would spit out, and it would have, like, PlayStation logos on it. Like, that PlayStation would have that, that mandatory marketing on it before it's actually received at the user end. Yeah. Right. So, you're saying if they were to use the share button to record content and that content had it's a watermark example. on it. Yeah, no, it's like, like watermarks. Yeah, like yeah. basically they'd have mandatory watermarks. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. basically If that happened, people would whinge and complain. Yeah. But in their defense, if they were to do that, you're recording using their platform. If you don't want to do that, buy an Elgato. But do you think that, that would be, do you think that would be a, an acceptable middle ground if we had to find a middle ground? I people think would that, that people would whinge, oh, but I think yeah, it, would, I would be, it would be acceptable because it'd still be free. But then that's the whole thing with YouTube and ads being like, it's free, but yeah, you pay, can pay to remove the watermark. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. And then we're getting this whole. <laughs> yeah. I just want to address uh, Leo's comment. It said, "So for context, he works in a like a housing company. So it's like, so this is like saying my company uses Microsoft Office and makes money using the service. So therefore, Microsoft is entitled to a free house. 
It's like, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, no, they're you not. You know that cheeseburger, Leo, that you purchased yesterday? That cow's mother, stepbrother, got a cut of that. So just okay. keep that in mind. <laughs> Every cheeseburger you buy is feeding another cow's sister, okay? Is and that, that cow you... is working the fields, let me tell you. Is that why you don't order many cheeseburgers? Yeah, because I don't want to give my cut to the cow. No, no, no. You want to cut the cow with the beef and then you want to eat it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that kind of brings us to my kind of next topic. I mean, this was about Google Stadia and the whole thing, but just to kind of just touch on what Google Stadia is, this is like the true Netflix is what I want to say of gaming services because it doesn't require any, unlike Game Pass where it's still a subscription base, you still have to download and install the games. This is kind of like you download the app and streaming it's like sh- you stream the game and but you always have to purchase the game that's where it's different to netflix where it's netflix you get everything for free once you pay the subscription this is you still need to pay for the games yeah it's and then that gives you the right to stream it to your, your yeah it's platform. such a, it's such a weird weird concept I, don't, no I, I think this is going to go the way of the Uya, which is going to royally fail and sean knows that because he has he has one of those one of those bad boys four controllers <laughs> And it's, I, I honestly, I'll say this. The only reason I want to kind of try and get this to work. And if it does, if I try to get it work and I'm successful in getting to work, I will stream it on Tuesday. I want to try and get Stadia working on my PC somehow so I can stream Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, yeah, Phoenix Rising. That's yeah. the only reason I want to kind of use it. But <laughs> Tim Tam, I don't even know what this is. It's Google's Game Streaming. Pass. Yeah. yeah. And then Amazon's got Google's their own console without the console part. Yeah. You know what, this, this conversation will be relevant until X, X Cloud's fully released and then we'll just move on. Google will put this away. Like it's just it's, yeah, it's X Cloud come out and Yeah, it's a failure. Xbox access it's it's uh yeah. access everywhere. Is that what it's called? Xbox All Access. Yeah, all access. is it all Wait, access? what are you referring to? <laughs> the same thing. I think yeah. we're all talking but about the same thing. Xbox X Cloud is available now as yeah. uh, on uh not iPhones. What's the other phone? Every, everything but Android. Android. It's on Android, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a weird thing. As AJ Tufuego said, it's a failure. And I think that's, I'm just going to cue this nice smooth transition real quick. And we'll go back to our very, very nice looking three panel as we close out this subject with something else. Yeah. <laughs> X going to give it to you. Doom, 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 All right, doom. now everyone's just caught you dabbing on stream. We're back. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Talking about, you know, games media and game services, it kind of just brings me to what we want to talk about, which is like how ourselves, how we consume games media. Like, do, mm. you, do you just play everything? Do you read articles? I mean, that's pretty much like 90, 99% Josh. Um, do you go to forums? Do you check Discord? Like, I'll start off first. Like, I, I big Reddit. I'm a Redditor. I'll go on Reddit a lot. I have a bunch of friends like you guys included who are very knowledgeable in the field. So word of mouth, like I didn't find, I didn't find out that cyberpunk 2077 was delayed from Reddit or Twitter or, or games Delta. I found out from one of my friends who put it in our discord. So the it, fuck? yeah. And then I saw the guilty. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. And then the guilty gear troll where it's like, they just had wrote, there were no delays to guilty gear. We just put it in a yellow background, like, which was <laughs> hilarious. Um, it's yeah. It's it's pretty interesting where, you know, people will say that I get all my knowledge from Twitch or I get all my knowledge from YouTube. I watch mm. uh, Kind of Funny. I watch, you know, Old School Beyond. 
I go on all games Delta. It's pretty interesting. But for me, it's definitely it's definitely all that kind of back stuff. I hear it through word of mouth and what people <laughs> You're right, Josh. The hell was that? Is he cramping? Oh, you cramping? Cramp. Holy schmoly. Hold on, you keep talking. I'm what? gonna have to switch this one out. My my hamstring just crammed. <laughs> Jesus. You need to go for a walk, man. Oh man, all right, I'm good. That was <laughs> that was wow. that was just so unexpected. I love it. That was it. instant pain. Too. That is that is improv content. That's what you came here busy playing something between seven thirty and nine thirty. Oh. <laughs> that's the cat that's the cat of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so games media Sorry. and how we consume it and how do you find out about this kind of stuff? I mean, I'll start off with you, Josh, because one of our guys in the chat want to know how do you how does josh know jeez oh, uh um it's tough like it's interesting when you said you've got your your friend group that you absorb knowledge from i i really besides the conversations we have and you guys are friends obviously but wow thanks friends generally besides what was happening here i i really didn't live in a world where my friends were talking about games or consuming games ever really i uh i read a lot of interviews, articles, it's, it's a combination. Like my knowledge now isn't because I've written an article and I can tell you about what I read. Right. Yeah. And that's dissecting news. I can do that. The reason why I feel like I've got uh, a knowledge base is because I've been doing it that for so long. It's more about not only talking about what's happened. All right. This, uh, this thing happened, right. Let's talk about that. But basing my opinion or my conversation on the past and what has happened and what, if anything similar has happened in that space and how that connects in. Because I think anybody can read a news story and be like, Microsoft brought Bethesda. Are these games going to be exclusive? Anyone can sit here and say yes or no, right? Anyone. Yeah. I could say yes because Microsoft purchased the studio. Why would they? Why wouldn't they make them exclusive? Or you can mention Minecraft and go through all that stuff, Phil Spencer's little comments that kind of allude to both. That is one type of thing that I don't do. I listen to I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I read a lot of articles, and these people have been doing it longer than me. So they're drawing on even more of a knowledge base. But there is a lot, there is, to be honest, there is a lot of content creators out there, or there's a lot of YouTubers, a lot of whatever. That would be like, ah, this happened. Here's my take. And it's their face on a screen. And it's just like, I'll read the article and then regurge what the, the journalist said or form an opinion based on something I just read. I think what makes this show great uh, is the conversations we have and we can bring in some of that long-term knowledge uh, that, you know, I've, I've been playing games since I was a kid, but I've been reading and listening and, and doing all that stuff for nearly just as long. So... Yeah. That's that's how I do it anyway. But everyone's very different. The way they talk about games, the way they consume games. You know, Twitter's a good news source, but don't just read the headline and the comments. Like that, that's read not enough article. either. Read the article. Um, sometimes that article links to the full article, exactly. and you go read that. So there's a lot of investigating that goes on. It's just about yeah, reading the field and forming your opinions based on knowledge as opposed to just hot. You know, I, I I've always said I'm not a hot take guy. You know, no, you're that. not. Like I. I I rarely make any sort of take that is hot. It's usually was hot, sat out for a bit, it's lukewarm, and we've heated it up again, and now, I, now I'll give my opinion. So no, Mine are hot. That's me. That's just <laughs> yeah. me. So. Yeah, so 
I think you're you're very extensive. Yeah, all that reading of console wars been intensive. Meteor Six. I I agree. I think that's if it's the first book Josh has willing willingly read. I mean, he's had all this knowledge beforehand, and we can stretch this. We all worked together five years ago. You know, we had yeah. we we kind of had to. This was our job. We had to learn about this stuff. So kind of getting thrown in there was really kind of interesting. But how we maintain it? I mean, I first discovered Reddit when I was at Game Traders and it was a good news source for that. So that's pretty interesting. I'm still and, not on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's it's cool how we have these different views and how we form this opinion, how we get our kind of hot takes. Speaking of hot takes, Sean, how do you, how's your hot takes going? How do you consume games media? Is it all, is it through work, working in retail? Is it through the internet? Is this something that you just have this plethora of knowledge over the years? Like explain. Well, working in retail, you actually get the news at the last minute. So usually I would already know stuff about what's going to happen, like with delays or whatever. And then three weeks later, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> the PS5 <laughs> be delayed. It's not going to be here tomorrow. It'll be here next week. Yeah. Like yeah, they still haven't figured out Xbox is coming out and PS5s next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. But um, no, I've uh, I've usually got a lot of my knowledge from playing games. So I've played a, a lot of games and i'm only really starting to kind of um like track that so like i, I keep a tracker and all that sort of stuff i have like a I, I put it up on a website where it's like these are all the games that i own these are the games i'm playing and all that sort of stuff and so there's a lot of games that i've played but i haven't finished which is why it's it is the way it is but i'm get i'm getting through those so that that's kind of where i get my core like uh thoughts about games because whenever i see gameplay or whenever i hear about a game i'll compare it to something that i've already played and kind of make like see the differences and make a comparison that way and that that's one way that can help form my opinion uh i found that twitter and reddit are really good sources but i see them as wikipedia yeah like they're great if you want on face value but if you you've, you've got to dig in, you've got to go to the references and and read in and it, it basically it feels like every time a news story breaks you're researching for an essay where you'll see like you'll see the tweet within the hour and it's like oh shit but you can't just go straight off that you've got to have a look at the comments to the tweet you've got to look at the other tweets around the time from other sources about that particular subject maybe there'll be an article that pops up if the article has no links to anything i'm not going to look at it because mm. It's basically just an opinion piece. Mm. Uh, it it has to have links to like the interview or the the press release, like looking at like all those official aspects. So when uh, when we talk about like all these new games, like if I haven't played it, which is where I would usually draw most of my basic experience from, I look at okay, well, what has everybody else said, and then let's go three levels down further. Uh, yeah, and so that and that's why like. I, I mentioned, uh, I think on Twitter in the last week or so, uh, I, did a, I did a hot take about Crash Bandicoot, which, oh, yeah. uh, which wasn't necessarily well received by uh, the rest of the panel. But um, uh, but that, that's only because like I'm 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 really starting to get into playing Crash Bandicoot because I played it ages ago, but it wasn't really of interest. And now it's like, okay, well now I'm going to see it from a fresh perspective, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, I, I would recommend if you are going to look at this sort of stuff it is very hard in australia because we are segregated in a sense we don't really have a large uh contingency or community of developers and publishers mm -hmm. like we, we have some yes but not not a very large amount it's not america this ain't europe yeah so 
you you're relying on other people's takes you're relying on other people's articles other people's opinions and all that sort of stuff so the best thing to do is to always go to the root of where the quote or the idea has come from and then kind of spread out from there mm. Or just follow follow the people you trust. Like that's what's got follow me through. The white <laughs> it's it's got me through a lot of the time. You know where it's just like listening to a podcast. It, I'm not reading the quote itself. Like I'm just I trust this person's knowledge and I trust this person's understanding. And hopefully one day we become that for someone where they go, oh yeah, you know Sean's view on this. Like it's well researched and you know, yeah, yeah. Like we we do put a lot of time and effort and thought into this stuff. At least as of as of late. I mean, as of this episode for me, um, I mean, but yeah, we, we do want to like, we want this to be kind of that thing where we are the hub for people to be, Hey, Vinny said this, Hey, Sean said this, Hey, Josh said this. So we kind of want to do that. So, you know, shameless plugs, tell your friends about us. We are busy playing something. Um, but I'll, I just want to say this, like if there's, if I'll, I'll go first, but is there one thing specifically that you are, that you will extensively research? that you are 100% passionate about. I'm, like, I know what Josh's answer is going to be. Um, that's why I'm not going to let him go first, but I'll I'll give you time to think about it, Sean. But my one is I League of Legends, like 100% it's League of Legends. I I like read the patch notes for the game every two weeks when it comes out. I look at the scene. I follow the eSport. I watch about two, three to three podcasts a week that are about League. So it's, yeah, like if you ask me like League of Legends stuff, at least in the player base or the esports base i generally like to know what i'm talking about i think i'm pretty well informed about it all i do play the game so i have that so yeah so tim tam valorant no doubt used to be csgo it's yeah so everyone everyone's got their little like niche it could be game specific it could be company specific but what what would yours be sean if you had to pick one is it like microsoft is it nintendo is it xbox is it a certain game fantasy yeah so that's it. That's if it's something that you put a, a, any extensive effort. It doesn't have to be gaming, is it? Yeah. So it's AFL. So, yeah, AFL fantasy. Well, it's te- technically a game. Um, where basically, yeah, you you pick a team based on players and their performance on field will translate over to points for your team. And so when the season's usually on, or even leading up to the season, there's podcasts that I listen to. Usually, there's two or three podcasts that I listen to, and they have episodes every two days. So I'm basically just podcast central the whole time. Then there's mm. articles. That I'll see, but most of the time they're kind of regurgitating what I'm hearing from these podcasts. Uh, I'll be looking at Twitter and seeing if the like like the injury lists or if there's going to be a change in position for players. Uh, like basically, like a uh, like like a sports team recruiter or scout would be doing. That's basically what I'm doing for this sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. So and then you know somebody or two people in your team get an injury one week and then you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I spend a lot of time, a lot of time on that. I, I spend more time on AFL Fantasy during the season than I do playing video games. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, um, like, uh, how do I put this? We get asked, or sometimes we've been asked, like, uh, what do you know, or how do you know, or you know, what does this person know versus this person? Like, it's not about that. Uh, you are. You will find certain people will have similar opinions to you. You'll find certain people's knowledge base will be more appealing to you. But rest assured, like between the three of us, we've got a pretty well-rounded knowledge of games and the industry at large. So yeah, to, to open your mind up to to different people's opinions as well. Um, because read everything. Yeah, 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 read everything. Because don't take what I say as gospel. Don't take what Sean says as gospel. Do your own research, but. 
Yeah, if you tend to agree with one of us, uh, you know, we're all right. So agree with everyone yeah. as a whole. Like, don't 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 rely on us for information about Godfall coming out. Best thing you could do is type Godfall into Google search and look at the news and look at our articles from there. <laughs> And mm. then have a look at where they're leading to. Have a look at the press releases from the website. Have a look at uh, you know developer interviews. Like do your research that way because that's basically what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. we don't we don't have uh, any insiders besides Shu. So, yeah. so yeah. Well, that, I guess brings me to what what my um my thing is. Excellent. Look, segue, I think Sean. everyone's expecting me to say, oh, it's PlayStation stuff, right? But I'll genuinely say it is the industry at large. I literally read both Microsoft and Sony's financial earnings yesterday. Do you why? Why? <laughs> because you're passionate about it. That's why. Because I'm passionate about it. It's not because I'm, you know, I'm just going to read the Sony one and borrow. It's not about. I'm just passionate to see that stuff, right? And you learn some really interesting things out of it. PS4 is at 113.8 million units now, from 112. Game Pass has increased numbers. Like, there's so much little minute details in there. They talk about their future. Sony spoke about growing their internal studios and acquisition. Anyway, it's a whole but thing. Seeing, but you're seeing the story from the other perspective as well. You're not just seeing it from a, a, like a, a biased one-eye perspective of if you would just look at, say, Sony and yeah. just look at their earnings and just look at their internal development and all that sort of stuff, you might not quite understand why they're doing certain things. Like you, you'd have an understanding based on what they're telling you, but you're mm. not going to know the full story. Whereas if you look at Xbox and you'd be like, oh, well, actually they're doing this. Oh, that makes sense. That's why PlayStation's doing this. Or, or vice versa. Like yeah. you see yeah. the full story by seeing, seeing the full picture. angles. We didn't quite see that in Console Wars, for example, but that's yeah. the idea of that that's, sort of journalism. That's the idea. And I think of it like, you know, not that I'm, I have a preference and I make that clear. I wear it on my, what do they say? Wear it on your sleeve. sleeve. Or, yeah, wear it on yeah. your sleeve. Like, I, I don't try to hide it. Like there's not one point where you're like, I wonder which console this guy lights. His lights are blue. He's got multiple PlayStations everywhere. It's it's obvious, but I try to do my best when I'm giving an opinion that is on Game Pass or Xbox or whatever. It's not founded on my PlayStation knowledge coming across the Xbox. It's based on my Xbox knowledge and my camera just defocused and my Xbox knowledge and my opinions based on that. So it's just as important to know by both sides of the camp because, you know, Whatever PlayStation does is probably going to be shaped from what Microsoft is doing, and what Microsoft is doing is probably copying what PlayStation is doing. It's a it's a back and forth, so you got to know both uh, both bases. Your camera shields oh. for Xbox, yes, it does. It does. Tim Tan, I'm passionate about K-pop. You know what? Good for you. If you're passionate about K-pop, let us know your favorite band. Is it KDA from League of Legends? Probably not. Is it BTS? I don't know. Those are the only two bands I know. But what's K-pop? That's Korean pop. Yeah. 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 Um, you but... know something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I guess is that we should wrap it up there. It's kind of all we had time for. Or oh, I, I am parched. I need a drink. My throat is burning. I'm a bit so, dry. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting a bit of cotton mouth. I don't know about you guys. Sean's like got Jim Carrey beer. from me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have my beers and my Red Bull. Um, yeah, I yeah. More. You're, 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 you're fine. But I guess that's all. Of, that's it for all of us here. Busy playing something. We are somewhat of a video game podcast. Thank you for listening to our thirtieth episode. Tell your mm. friends, tell your family, give us that follow on Twitch. Tell your friends to follow us on Twitch. Shameless plugs. Shameless hey, plugs. She might enjoy it. Tell your mom to create a Twitch My account. My enjoys it. Yeah. And follow us. Just to, just get that. We want to get up to 50. We want to be that kind of get that Twitch partnership going, affiliate going. So, mm. yeah, I've been. Yeah, Tim Tam, tell your mom. Thank we you. want to be it. like Sega. We want to be on the next level. That's exactly yeah. it. Excellent. Busy playing something does what IGN don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
We'll coin that. We'll coin that. Don't, don't t-shirt that, please. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's it for all of us here. We, uh, I'd like to sign off. She only streams everything. Holly DePrawn, Sean Harron, the Herald of Yoshida, yep. Joshua LaRosa, Joshua LaRosa. And I am Autumn again, the producer, the Vincent producer. Vinny Chanscondalo. We'll be back at it again at Sunday, 7.30. Oh, 8.30, sorry. Where 8.30. We'll be really pushing that November thing. I'll be shaving my beard on camera to some extent. I'll Hopefully. be, be pre-shaving. There's not yeah. much here, but... Hopefully, it'll go. Hopefully, it goes all well. Make sure you donate to our Movember cause. Yes, we will, so, we'll, we'll be pushing that as well. So it'll go. Talk to your mom. Yeah, talk, talk, to, talk to your mom. Talk to your dad. Talk to your Guys. siblings if you have them. But that's all of us. That's it for all of us here. Busy playing something. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. And may the power protect you. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? Behold my greatest creation, Mac.